So that's it. What, we some kind of suicide squad? Welcome back, everyone, to the Underrated Podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies that are underrated, underappreciated, or ones that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by, or, once a year, movies that are so bad that they are good. This week, we are going to be... Well, let me introduce us before I get ahead of myself here. Uh, I am Derek McDuff, one of your co-hosts, and with me is Alan Torres. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Ariel Ortiz. Hello! This week, we're going to be continuing our tradition and talking about the 2016 version of The Suicide Squad. April Fool's, we're going to be talking about 1996's movie Mercenary. Uh, So this is a movie that uh, is, once again, like I said, in the tradition of so bad they're good movies, this was a straight-to-DVD 90s movie. Straight to um, video. Straight to video. Straight to video. Yeah. Okay, this is what we, yeah, we're exactly. Not, we're no v- DVDs, yes, yeah. Yes, straight to VHS, uh, mm-hmm. directed by Abby Nesher, uh, starring John, the late, great John Ritter and Oliver Grunner. Um, Olivier Grutten or something like that, I think it's Yeah, name. something like yeah. that. He's French. A man who is tragically born without a personality. Um, <laughs> but, but Ariel... Um, this was your so bad that it's good pick, um, yeah. after I, I picked, think I picked the last one, um, so it was your turn. Um, mm-hmm. why don't you take us away on this one? Yeah, well, I came across this one because, um, I'm a fan of Achievement Hunter, and every, so, they, they do this thing, um, once in a while called Theater Mode, which is kind of their version of Mystery Science Theater, where they watch um really bad movies like like this and then um commentate while they're doing it and um two years ago they didn't have their Rishi didn't have their annual um convention of rtx so they kind of did it an at-home version and because of that they they did this special uh theater theater mode live which they usually do at the com- during the convention um and sold tickets and it was an online thing and um, this was the movie that they chose, and I kind of like at the, I missed the beginning of it, and so but like I already got the gist of like how hilarious this was, and just the little bit that I was able to watch, like seeing how hilarious this is, and just how bad and like just how even though it's a '96 movie, it very much feels like I I think this was had to have been filmed in like the '80s at least. I was very surprised at the '96. I have release. a theory about that that we'll get to because yeah. there's some yeah. shit in this that's like this wasn't made in '96. <laughs> yeah. No, th- this was not made in '96. There's flip phones and all that, like um, uh, but yeah, this was their their choice, and it, it was just such a hilarious movie. Um, I don't know. Watching it, I was just busting up laughing watching it today. I, I like many times, like kind of like lose track of time and, and end up watching these movies like literally right before we start recording. And I was cutting it way too close for my liking. And, and so anybody could watch this movie, it's fairly accessible because it's on uh, YouTube. Um, and it's and on Pluto, it and it's free. on IMDb TV, and it's on like 
like five apps that I've never heard of. They're all free to download. You can just they're like like watch this movie. Yeah, but still, but, no one does. It has like a hundred and twenty six checks on fucking Letterboxd, <laughs> as opposed to like even like a low movie has like five thousand. Like it's crazy. Yeah. No yeah. one's seen this movie. But I really do recommend watching it on on YouTube because uh, so I was like, yeah, pressed for time, and I was like, I could watch this. Let me let me up the speed of this movie. So I watched it at one point seven five speed. And it just made this movie, like, just take that step up of hilariousness because it just moved so fast. It was just like, you know, a Bunker Hill kind of, like, situation at times, especially with the fighting moves of this. Uh, Benny Hill? John, John, what? Benny Hill. Benny Hill? Yeah, Benny Hill. Sorry. Bunker Hill, that's Um, a different situation. uh, But, yeah, like, um. It, it essentially, you know, watching the fight, fighting of this John claude Van Damme kind of knockoff um, doing things. And and th- so the, I, I very much enjoyed this movie. And, and when I previously watched it two years ago with, you know, Achievement Hunter and that, they were making the commentary of, like, this man's getting gay. Like, J- uh, uh, J- J- um, um, Jason Ritter's character, like he's like falling John in Ritter. love with this Jason's guy. Jason's a son. J- I mean, no, J- John Ritter. Sorry, um, <laughs> um, John Ritter. Like he's just he's he's falling in love with him. This is like a love story, and like it's a romance. Now, yeah, it's a romance. Mm-hmm. Because it's a romance. Yeah. Now rewatching it now, um, um, John Ritter's character has very much taken the the position of like a woman character in these kind of like action movies like the best the thing that comes to mind right now is like um indiana jones temple of doom like that character like oh um, willie scott willie scott yeah one of the worst written characters ever like i love indiana jones but yeah yeah he's he's very yeah he's the same he's very much a willie scott character now that you bring it up oh yeah yeah and so so yeah so it's a very interesting take on on like this kind of like thing like essentially like john ritter taking this kind of position of of like like hiring somebody to like i need you to take care of something but i want to join you and and stuff like that and it it, there's just such such insanity in this and so many twists and turns and like you get these very like over the top performances from like john ritter and then also like uh then you throw in like crease from from um yeah karate kid and cobra kai as the bad guy which is like that's kind of awesome I, that's the thing that is like like this this cast has some clout you know like there's some clout to this cast and it's very much like i don't I like and then there's so much cussing and like i don't know if like john Ritter just john, like, i'm done with you, that fuck three you, fuck you. Like, yeah i'm done with that three company shit and stuff like that i'm gonna i'm i want to do an a, adult action manly movie or something like that i don't know i mean i felt like he was like it, this was not supposed to be as funny but it was very funny i was like not sure if it was supposed to be a comedy or not because he's a yeah. comedic actor and he's real. I love John Ritter. Like he's great in Three's Company, and then later on in like like uh, Eight Simple Rules. I don't know what the fuck he was doing in this movie. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why they, the that's why Achievement Hunt chose this movie because they're like, this has John Ritter. John Ritter in, is in this and stuff like that. Yeah. 
but yeah, like it, it's just so much over top, and like there's just like and then and then the twist, like we we as the audience know at least the bodyguard guy is in on it because he pops up, which the first what is it five or six minutes of this movie just like shoots you off into the stratosphere of like ridiculousness and over the top, really really bad VFX even for its time. Which we're thinking, like, is in the 80s. So many, like, prosthetic, like, blood and all that. Um, but, yeah, the beginning um, scene of at the banquet. And just, like, people getting rinsed out. And, like, John Ritter's um, wife's essentially, like... I don't know if he intended to use her as a human shield, but she became a human shield. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then it, and then him... Getting shot up does not explain how he ended up with a broken arm and like needing to use a cane because his wife essentially blocked his body <laughs> for the most part. I know like he got shot in the arm, but besides that, it's just randomly like all these things. And and then yeah, like John Reader's character, it's like he's very much an asshole, and you like end up like kind of like liking him just because of how ridiculous he is. And uh, I didn't like him. Yeah, he's still, I fucking he's still hated asshole. him so much. Yeah, and that's yeah. like to make me hate John Ritter is an accomplishment because I I fucking uh -huh. love John Ritter and he was the most unlikable movie character I've maybe ever seen. Yeah, yeah, and then um and then the whole twist at least like you know that that his bodyguard is has turned against him and stuff like that. But then for his, like, sec like his, I don't know if it's he was his accountant or just, like, you know, his, like, second-in-command turning on him. And then the second-in-command's, like, for the majority of this movie does not talk much, suddenly starts delivering lines. And these lines are so ridiculous. Um, and just, like, like, essentially, like, like a crony to a bad guy. You know, like, him telling, like, the the main bad guy um which is is it something ironside is that who that is i i think michael ironside is not in this no, movie that That's is not michael, michael ironside okay 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 there is no michael ironside in this ironside. movie <laughs> okay we, we, we okay. tried to get michael ironside but best we could afford was martin cove like respect oh, okay, to martin cove serious. but there was no michael okay. ironside in this movie okay but yeah like he's like shut up randy or something i know shut up and what was it? Because this sounded like diehard um, characters. Like, that's the thing, too. Is that, like, some of the characters were named after, like, diehard characters. Like, I think there was a McLean or, like, other 80s, like, um, heroes. Like, there was McLean and then there was, like, like a, not a Rumsfeld. Like, it was, like, something else that I was, like, this sounds like, like, characters from Die Hard and stuff. Uh but yeah, but no, definitely. I just, one of my favorite lines of this movie was like when the Jean Va Jean Claude Van Damme knockoff was like, "You were just, you know, you were you're just a bystander," and he's like, or, or no, like what somebody else. I think it was the body bodyguard. It's like, "Oh, you were just a bystander," and he's like, "I'm not a bystander. I'm a player." And it's like, what? <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so many ridiculous lines, and I, I, I just love, I, I. This movie just delivers on the laughs, and I, I just love it. And, like, yeah, like I said, like, I definitely recommend it. Recommend if you're able to, like, cat, you know, keep it um, up with the, with the speed of it. I really do recommend watching it at, like, a 1.5 or 175 
speed because <laughs> it just makes it like a more hilarious. I feel like you guys are burying the lead. It's a fucking great action movie. <laughs> like you guys are like talking oh, mad shit, but I'm like, this no, is a fun movie. <laughs> that I will say that I've caught on. There are so many like action movie beats in this movie. Like I mean, like the dog being held back and then like acid slowly dropping on it and then like the fight for the death in in a burning ring like there's so many action motifs in this movie like old action motif like 80s action motifs in this movie that just like is it, it's insane yeah yeah uh, it's it's pretty good like I, I didn't go in thinking it was like a comedy or anything because I, I thought this was somebody else's pick I, I got kind of, I kind of got confused. I thought this was a, I thought the April Fool's pick was something else. So I kind of watched it and I was like, oh wow! Like I thought like a future guest had picked it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go into it like a like a like our live show, where um, they picked uh, that, that another '80s runaway. Movie. Well, this is runaway, and this was this was clearly '90s for sure because this, if anything, this made me more nostalgic more than anything because. I I I kind of I call this a after school movie because uh, I would go to the video store, the video store, and obviously there's a plethora of straight to videos, uh, straight to video movies, and I'd go with my dad or whatever, you know, like if there wasn't like a big theatrical release that just got released on video, I'd be like, okay, well I guess I'll just get some straight to video uh, movie, and we would just watch action movies like that, super cheesy, super bad, rated R. You know, not like the graph, the, the 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 gore isn't really that intense. It's just kind of like like this. So when I was watching it, I was just like, "Oh wow!" Like somebody must have been nostalgic for like an old '90s action movie. So I, I pretty much dug it. I mean, yeah, it's not like amazing, and it's not like you know, I, I don't know. I think I, I just kind of went back into like that because even as a kid, I had expectations where I was like, "Yeah, this this looks straight to video," but I know what to expect, and I just want to watch something after school. So you know, when I get home from school, I just pop it in, and then I'd like do homework and watch like, like something like this. So I was just more like, oh, this is really cool. It's kind of fun, and you know, I was just more impressed with the action. Like I was like, holy shit, dude! Like every five minutes, there's action, there's explosions. <laughs> of course, there's boobs at one point. There's a a puppet dog. <laughs> A woman, yeah. That poor woman just getting, like, harassed, and then she just gets fucking killed immediately. I was like, oh, wow. That sucks. Like, like, you think that she's gonna, like, like, shoot him dead. Like, oh, get her revenge. And then he just turns around and slices her. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck that. But what (laughs) made me laugh, though, the actual big thing is, right after he kills that woman, and, um, fucking uh, Olivier or whatever his name is rolls in he kind of just kills him with like the butt of a gun and like like they're fighting on the floor and he just hits him and he kills him and I was like wait he's dead and that's it never gets back up and I was like oh cool alright man keep going keep going keep doing what you're doing I guess but yeah that, that I think that was the only laugh out loud moment for me where I was like oh shit well that that butt of the gun must have hurt because that was the softest tap on the chin I've ever seen. I think seen. it breaks his neck. There's like a crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, it's like I, in the video game where it's like you gotta hit. There's like a red target, and it's like hit him there, boom, you know, and it kills him. Yeah. No, then uh, I, I do believe this was for sure a '90s movie because the graphics were very 
Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which <laughs> maybe should be next year's uh, <laughs> fucking April Fool's, because that movie is... I don't know if it's so bad it's good, but the graphics were very similar to it. Like, they were very N64 PlayStation 1 era. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yep, that's 90s. But, um, yeah, no, it was fun, man. Like, like every couple minutes, like, I was super exhausted, too. I got off work. <laughs> I started watching it, and it was just going and going. And I was like, yeah, this is going to keep me up, man. <laughs> so I had a good time with it. Um, yeah, John Ritter, though, was an asshole. <laughs> I, I but you know what? I never heard John Ritter curse as much, or I don't think I've ever cursed heard him curse before. So just hear him be like, fuck you, fuck this, fuck that. I was like, damn, he can curse pretty well. Like, mm. you know what? I, I hope he earned his paycheck, you know. Yeah. Also, shout out to that girl like that like was kind of like exposition of like the skill set of, of Jean-Claude Van Damme knockoff. Like the one that he saves. Like she she like within the span of what, like 10 seconds like splurted out 20 different curse words in a row oh yeah the girl in the beginning yeah, yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> the little like character introduction which i was like i appreciate that they actually went out of their way to be like let me just show you this character real fast oh shit and um the one thing i i didn't like was that olivier or whatever actor i couldn't hear a fucking word he said mm-hmm. and the thing is i would turn my tv up and John Ritter's like, fuck you, Three's Company, fucking da 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 And then I'm just like, whoa, whoa, okay. And then, like, I would turn up to hear the main dude, and then he's like. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, I just could not hear him at all. That was my only beef with the movie, where I don't think I've heard his voice. I honestly, I do not know what his voice sounds like. Everyone else was like, yep, that's him, that's him, that's him. The girl that curses, like, fucking crazy i was like i very much heard that but him i'm like what the fuck is he saying and i'm like i i guess maybe he's a mute character so i guess i'm just gonna go with that (laughs) but yeah no it's it's everywhere man like you guys said it's on youtube dude if you got like an hour and a half just go watch it it's 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 a super turn your brain off and just watch a lot of fun action yeah, Ariel, this is definitely one of the... You mentioned how it's kind of, you know, like their Achievement Hunters, like their MST3K uh, um, style thing that they did. And I was like, it gave me those vibes of something like when they would cover like Space Mutiny, you know, one of the classic episodes like that, where it's just this over-the-top, ridiculous, cliched movie. And, you know, for me, my big thing is uh, just like the screenplays. Like, that's the thing that I, you know, resonate most with when we watch movies. And the screenplay for this movie was fucking wild. Like, I have never... Like, there were so many lines in this movie where I was like... There was, like, the part where he, like, gets up and it's like, hey, psst, let me just come talk to you. And it's like, yeah. this guy's gonna shoot us. And he's like, okay, let me just... I just wanted to tell you this thing. All right, I'm gonna go back there. It's like, what the fuck? Or, like, the thing that made me think that this movie was maybe shot in the 80s, but then I'm like, was that shot in the 80s or was it just, just, like, bad writing was when there's a part... And I had to rewind it to make sure I got this right. But I'm like, yeah, he said that was, like... They're like, we got to infiltrate them. They have the latest Soviet gear. And I was like, this movie's from 1996. The Soviet Union fell in 1991. Five years. Like, the, there was, the GoldenEye came out a year before this. And it was about post-Soviet Russia. And, like, the, the fallout from that. This movie's just like, oh. like, and So I was like, oh, was this, like, an early, like, made earlier when the Soviet Union was still a thing? 
But then I was like, it also might just be like lazy bad writing because there's another line that just also makes just it's just like fucking mind blowing. And I had to rewind this one too, where John Ritter's like, like it says in the Bible, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, which makes no sense because there's no reason he has any animosity towards yeah. the French guy and would have to say that. But also, that's not in the Bible. That's definitely not in the Bible. That's an old Arabic saying. It has nothing to do with the Bible. They just like, and I was like, I get this was before the internet and you couldn't like check shit like that, like easily, but maybe do like a little bit of like, I don't know. So this movie was just like so fucking all over the place from like all over the place for me. I think it was fun, but like not as much fun as like 13 Ghosts. That was a movie, I think, that you picked, Ariel, that I'm like, that was a movie that I was like, this is ridiculous, I'm having so much fun. Um, I will say, though, I think you missed a beat here, Ariel, whereas if you were going to choose a movie that's so bad that it's good, with that's a revenge movie, with Martin Cove in it, you should have picked The Karate Kid Part 3, because that movie is fucking bananas. Like, I love Karate uh, Kid 1. I've never one. seen that one. Oh my god, we have to, maybe one of these years we're going to have to do it, because I'll just give you a quick cook, because we'll, I'll see, and I'll get too much into this other movie, but, like, it's a movie where, I like the first one, the second one I think is actually really underrated, three is wild, because it's like there's a romance that's not actually a romance, Martin Cove is trying to get revenge, like, the main, John Kreese is trying to get revenge on the Karate Kid, but he actually isn't in the movie, except for, like, the end. So he has revenge via proxy by this other, like, billionaire who is, like, oh, by the way, well, takes... I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. know the story because of yeah, yeah. Kai, But there's a, but there's, yeah. yeah, like, he has that line where it's just like, I was so high on coke in the 80s that I tried to, like, have revenge on this kid, like, with a karate. And, like, he takes a phone call in at one point in a jacuzzi where he's just like, he's like, I don't care about the Bolivians, dump the toxic waste. Like, it's so over-the-top 80s cliched. But, and this, you know, this one has definitely, like, Martin Cove is able to give that, like, over-the-top fucking performance um, in the same way, and I appreciate that for sure. Because this movie, like, right when it starts, and there's that wedding scene, you see the explosion, and the guy just goes, whoa! And he's, like, flailing his arms around, there's the huge explosion. Uh, I-, I could appreciate, like, a bad, like, made-for-VHS movie, um... I do have to admit something, though, Ariel. You know how last year you you did not watch the movie? Yeah, you didn't watch this one? I watched half of it. Uh, I watched the first half, and then I was like, I think I got it. I'm good. I'm good. All right. I'll I'll, I'll just roll it. You know, I I, I get the gist. I'm going to roll into it. So I, I, I was like, all right, I got, some, I got some ammo. You know, he's got the line about the Bible that makes no sense. He's got the thing about the Soviet Union, which fell five years ago. Yeah. I'm good. But no, I really go back and and watch the rest and watch eh? it at that high speed. Like just All right, mate. Yeah, like, like it'll only take it you. It'll only take speed. you um what 30, 30 minutes at most, maybe twenty minutes at most to to watch the rest at that high speed. I definitely recommend it <laughs> because it just made it so much like laugh- laughable. Yeah, like I I did the same thing the first time I watched this, but it was the opposite direction. Like I I wasn't able to watch the first half when I joined like the live event, and it's but so I watched the second half. But I was like, I got the gist of this. He's he's like you know John Ritter's constantly saying my wife, my wife. I'm like okay, you reminded so me of Harrison wife. Ford in every '90s movie. Yeah. Harrison Ford was in. I know, you know like I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wife. was exactly where my head head jumped like to because there's that joke. My wife. Yeah, <laughs> he always does that joke. My wife. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I don't know that, where my wife is. There's that <laughs> joke that he did like on on I think it was like on one late show, late night show, and he was like kept saying it to Chewie because like Chewie cheated on his him his wife. Oh, he's cooking him. Yeah, he was cooking him. Yeah, cooking him. Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, my wife, my you wife. My yeah. Wife. So that's where like when he said that twice in a row, I was like, like my mind jumped to that that moment. Yeah, definitely for sure. But yeah. Yeah. No, well, uh, you you kind of brought up the whole Soviet Union thing, and I, I never played the game, but it it seems like it was filmed in a similar style of like uh like straight to video. Like they were like, let's make all the like usually they'll render the 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 scenes or whatever, and, and like when they're talking or whatever the cinematics, whatever you want to call them. I think it's called it's a Red Alert Three. And they kind of did it the same style. And I think that's the whole point, too, is like the Soviets after the Cold War trying yes, to take over yes. it. I know what you're and you've about. probably heard of the Tim Curry yes. thing. And yeah, just go look it up. All you get, Don't even play the game. Don't worry about it. Just look up Tim Curry space and it, you're not going to miss <laughs> out. It's no, let's tell what it is, funny. Alan, because it's so fucking good. Like, like, <laughs> it's like he's trying to they're trying to take over with communism. And he's like, well, we failed, so the only place we can take communism is where communism hasn't been. Wait, can I can I say it? Yeah, I know the exact quote because he's it. just like because mm-hmm. it's Tim Curry and he can't even keep a straight face in the video. And he's That's like, the best part. "I'm going to the only place where capitalism can't get me." Space. It's yeah. so <laughs> fucking good. He's like, right, like, like he's, you can tell he's like it's like a it's like fucking like Pete Davidson on SNL. He can't keep a straight face. Oh my god, like, his face is just so, like, like, he just has this, like, like, he's, like, (laughs) spice! (laughs) It's like, oh, shit! It's just, like, like, he had to, like, charge it up and not break at the same time. It's fucking amazing, so I kind of wish... I think he has a moment like that, too, and, like, Muppets Treasure Island too, and that totally explains something. Cause like, I think like because you know he's having fun with with Muppets and stuff like that, and he like essentially challenges one one other Muppet, Muppet pirate to like a laugh, like starts laughing, and they both laugh. And I guess I he gets that kind of way too, like like he gets silver, like he's just like enjoying the hell out of it and stuff. Yeah, that's what I love about Tim Curry. He just like has a great fucking time, like. Like Pennywise and, and it the the the, the mini series one. There's a scene, same thing. You don't really see him breaking, but he just fucking goes off, and he's just laughing and having a fucking good time. And he's just looking up, like making the stupid ass faces and stupid ass jokes. And I'm just like, I'm not really afraid of you right now because that's fucking hilarious. It's just Tim Curry fucking around. But anyways, uh, let, let's drop off the Tim Curry episode podcast for right now. Back to the movie. Uh, yeah, man, that that I'm trying to think of like other straight to video movies that I've seen that are like of this lovely caliber. <laughs> I'm trying to think of that were just such a blast. Um, I, I know there was like a plethora of like straight to video horror movies that were fucking horrible. Um, but yeah, were there any other ones that you you guys have remembered from the the far off times of the '90s? 
the, the 90s, 90s when movie. you would just go to Blockbuster and look at the shelves. Um, for any, you know, Gen Zs, like, hey, Easton, if you're listening out there, there was a place called Blockbuster once that used to have physical VHSs uh, that you could go and rent and look at and see the covers. It was like Netflix, but, you know, in real life. Oh, man, a- I, I miss it sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Nothing comes to mind in in my head. I I just have a bad memory. Um, but but I know that there were some good ones. Like, I I for myself like kind of kept a bit to like to like um the mainstream kind of things. Like just like the main wall and new releases and stuff like that. But there there was a few, but. I can't remember. It wasn't bad. It was, you know, the one that I like, and it wasn't even from Blockbuster. I used to go to my grandma's house and watch. Um, it was like actually pretty fucking solid, but it was like kind of like '90s cheese, but like done really well. It was. Do you guys remember the Sam Neil? It was like a mini series, but like it was like one movie edited down. It was fucking Merlin starring Sam Neil. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Merlin. Fucking incredible. Yeah. Oh my god, that was my. If you're talking about some '90s schlock, it it got. It was kind of weird at the beginning, but it. it Oh yeah, it was like a well-known, like yeah, it was a TV. I gotta go back and rewatch it. Yeah, it was was a mini series. It was like two episodes. And I had my grandma had it on VHS, and I would just go over and watch that shit Mm -hmm. all the. I was like, the dude from Jurassic Park is a wizard in fucking like King Arthur times. I am so down for this, and like I would just rewatch, and like the ending is so like literary and cool. And I talked about it a little bit on like shout out to if anybody on an upcoming episode of Gateway episodes kind of touched on it a little bit, talked about miniseries, but yeah, that that was my jam back in the day was Merlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Morgana, like, is kind of like. It's Helena Bonham Carter, right? Is, oh, is, no, okay. it's not Helena Bonham Carter. She's in. She's yeah. in that movie, right? Yeah, but she's not Morgana. Okay. Morgana I haven't seen it since probably the '90s. I want to go back and see how it would hold up, like, see if it actually was good or it's just like my nostalgic brain liking it. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter is Morgana. Ah, see, I knew it. There you go. Called it. She um. does not look like herself there. Oh, I totally like pictured somebody different. Oh, that's the person I pictured. Oh, that is her. Oh, they messed up her. Oh, okay. She, yeah, she looks kind of weird. Interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. There. Um. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything else to ta- to to top to da, 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 <laughs> to to talk about about this movie? Just yeah, definitely. Right, right, right. Like, you know, this is April Fool's show but yeah. i do recommend it for the laughs yeah well i was gonna mention um kind of touching up again on the straight to video kind of thing like i kind of wanted to like ask you guys about well even like some of the listeners out there too because I, I now we're in this like period of time where everything is virtually straight to video like there's video mm-hmm. on demand you don't really get that whole you know video video store experience i didn't even go to blockbuster i didn't I went to Blockbuster to rent video games at one point, but we would go to, like, the corner video store, and, and like, they would only have, like, such a limited selection, but they always put up the, the posters and stuff, and, like, like Ariel was saying, there's the new releases, and then there's the straight-to-video stuff, there's a little animated corner, and then uh, my dad's favorite section, the, the, the one with the... The bead curtains. When I was looking at the, <laughs> when I when I'd be looking for the newest entry in the Land Before Time movies, he would walk past the threshold, and I was like, I can't go there. I don't know what that is, and I still don't know what that is. 
<laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah no I, I remember though having a little bit of even as like a seven eight year old having a little bit of disdain where i would like when i couldn't figure out what i wanted to watch and there was uh you're like fuck the only new releases are like straight to video did you guys ever have that sense of like like it felt like it was like a secondhand movie where you're just like ugh. Like, where you're like, I don't want to see the big ones anymore. Like, maybe you've already seen Jurassic Park too much, or Back to the Future, or whatever, like, big theatrical movies. But did you ever feel that, like, oh, man, straight to video, Hellraiser 5 or some shit, you know, like, uh, Puppet Master 55 or something would be there, and you're just like, ugh, straight to video. Do I want to watch it? I personally never ran into that because, like, um, I just wouldn't get anything. Like, <laughs> I mean, for me, um, or, or like, I used to like. Uh, that's how I, uh, renting, um, the DVDs or the, uh, would be the way of like me watching like TV series. So I would usually like if I was done with a TV series, oh, there's another TV series to like start watching and stuff like that. But I know that my dad and continues to do so of watching movies that are like, like there is a lot of like, I know that you were saying about like it, it kind of like being a straight to, to, you know, streaming kind of thing. But I feel like the quality or what, or what we define as a straight to DVD or VHS movie is very much still there. I mean, like there's so much content over all of these streaming services that, these movies still exist, like, you know, like, any, you know, Nick Cage movie in the past, like, a few years, besides, like, you know, some key ones, like, are essentially straight to DVD, or straight to streaming, or, or DVD, or whatever kind of quality movies, like, Bruce Wilson's getting into that, too, um, but, but, yeah, so, like, he kind of, like, sees those movies, and and I think like it, it to get to like bring it back to this sh- movie like I think he would kind of be fooled into it a bit that to to like think that this is a big time movie because of like the whole John Ritter of it and like seeing somebody he recognizes like he you know is like oh like this is this has to be something like this has to be like something like not a straight to to, to DVD movie because you know it has like a a actual actor in it but. Now, now we know <laughs> better of, of, well, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, their paycheck is a paycheck and people are, you know, they're kind of doing it for that reason. Like, that's why they're in this movie. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, I, I never really fell into that kind of thing. Like, of, of just grabbing a movie, like, ah, I don't know about this. Um, but yeah. So for me, like, I kind of was a little bit like, you know, like, being a little bit facetious when I was saying, oh, you just go blockbuster. Because, like, my mom was, like, never going to let us go rent movies. Like, we were, she was very, very frugal. And it was like, if we were going to have a movie, we would not even buy it 90% of the time. We would have to, like, fucking, like, record it off of a VHS, you know? Like, record it on. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be on. Like, we're not going to go buy it. We're certainly not going to rent it. But when it comes to, like, the things that were, like, straight to DVD or straight to VHS at the time, um, the ones that I were really into was the sequels. Because in my little kid mind, like you mentioned Land Before Time, all those bad sequels were the same as Land Before Time 1. Land Before Time 1, now looking back, is like a Don Bluth masterpiece. And then they made a bunch of crappy sequels that were just like Disney knockoffs. And the same thing with like 
you know, all the Disney movies, like the Disney just made all those, they would make one popular movie, and then for some reason in that time period, they're like, okay, we're just going to push all the movies to like straight to home releases. And for mm-hmm. me, I was like, the return of Jafar is as much of a masterpiece as Aladdin one. Like they were the same in my kid brain. And like going back and rewatching them on like Disney Plus, it was like, oh, all the same. Or like I was really into DCOMs back in the day, Disney Channel original yeah. movies. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? And there's mm-hmm. so many like Smart House was my fucking jam. It's the first oh, yeah. thing I watched when I got Disney Plus. Smart House, Motocrossed, like fucking Xenon all that shit I was all fucking about. So, like, those are Brink. more like... For me, Brink. Oh, Brink. Um, Brink is funny. Alley Cat Strike. Alley Cat Strike. And, um, oh my gosh, I just had it in my head. Oh, Luck of the Irish. Oh, Luck of the Irish. I was about to say Luck of the Irish, but oh. I was like, every time I reference it, no one gets it. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's oh, a, yeah. That is and then a... T- t- now, then, then now knowing, like, you know, um, Lasseter from, from Psych, that was, like, the first instance that, that i saw him tim um not Oliver. um i can't i can never pronounce his name his last name but yeah it's lassiter from psych is in that and he's like the bad guy and uh and like oh and that dude, like, oh he's like, God, he's like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like it, say it right it's oh it's a hair like airy er, and, and he's, he's like, like no my my dad's from Cleveland. Yep. No. <laughs> oh, no. So good. Ohio. That's a, yeah. Oh, my God. That's a great yeah. movie. I watched I that. I, I missed it this year, but I like to try and watch that one on St. Patrick's Day to celebrate mm-hmm. my heritage, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Now I want to go, go and watch some decom movies. Yeah. No, yeah. They were fun, man. I, it, it's so funny, like, how it, it just kind of... Over time, I felt like in the 90s, straight-to-video movies were kind of this, like, from my perspective and from what I've heard of, like, actors, that they're just, like, they're slumming it if they had to do, like, straight-to-video movies. And then there was just this kind of sense of, like, you're not going to get, like, the best thing. You know, you're not going to get, like, the theatrical feature. You're just getting, like, the seconds. Like, you're just getting, like, you know, they just save the, the like whatever was left of the first movie that was theatrically loved and they're just like here throw it in the microwave and you're gonna eat it tomorrow or whatever like throw it in the microwave tomorrow and eat it for for lunch is like a leftover so i felt like growing up i always felt like that and then into the 2000s the decom movies it, it kind of was like they were straight to tv in a sense i don't even know if you can at the time you were able to buy them no um Not usually. so that yeah right like i, I don't think you were able to get them at the time so mm-hmm. It was really cool seeing it, and like I felt like at that time they started trying. But I mean, it is Disney, so you know they're gonna like try to do the best they can, and and those movies were fun. And then now going into the 2010s and into now, I feel like a video on demand or anything, especially because of COVID, video on demand is like now almost mandatory for a lot of like even theatrical features like Spider Man. I remember right now people are you know, ordering in it, and that's why you see all these, like, clips online now of the Spider-Man No Way Home, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen with the Batman in, like, two more weeks or something. Uh, Same thing, so it's kind of funny how, like, that whole straight-to-video thing kind of changed over time, where it was kind of looked at downly upon, or, like, with disdain, and then in the 2000s, a little bit more, like, hey, it's cool, you know, blah, 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 and then now it's, like, if anything directors and, and filmmakers can just go out of the way to write something and just be like, Hey man, I made this, I made this at home. And like people don't look down upon it. If anything, 
people are like, holy shit, like, I want to see that because it, it's made with more love rather than mm-hmm. in the 90s. It was kind of more of just like a cash grab or just well, an easy it, paycheck. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because by the time this episode comes out, the Oscars will have um, come out and in all likelihood, the Best Picture winner will be a movie that was released on a streaming service for the first time ever. It's it's almost definitely going to be either Coda or Power of the Dog. And like Netflix has been trying to do that for years to have a Best Picture winner. And they've been like getting real talent. You've been getting like Noah Baumbach and like Martin Scorsese and like um was uh, uh, was Dame it Campion. released in theaters and on Netflix? They have to put the it out and like do a theatrical run, but they're okay. basically yeah. like they've but been, it's like, produced by a streaming service, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, like, like Coda yeah. was picked, mm-hmm. Coda was out of Sundance and like Apple just bought it, but like the point is that okay. these are movies that are like that for so many years like Netflix has been trying to like push like okay like streamers like what was you know like we're talking about like kind of straight to you know non-theatrical releases like VOD releases have been like the Academy has been printing their noses up at it but finally this year it looks like and you guys will know listening to it before we do that it's going to happen and one of these two big streaming services is going to finally have a best picture winner and that's a major change in the industry and the way kind of movies are watched and the way that, you know, like what you're saying now, this perception has completely shifted. Whereas five years ago, there was no, ch- even with, you know, the movies like Roma and, you know, The Irishman coming out, uh, there was no chance that the, the Academy was going to give them a best picture. But now it's kind of become a foregone conclusion. And that's really interesting to see the way that the industry has just kind of flipped over like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, I don't know, because I know Netflix kind of keeps some things like, like the doings and stuff like that, but I, I would figure that, that it being like this type of online studio, in a way, kind of like, um, changes how movies are produced and created, too. Like, I'm, I'm not exactly, I still, like, don't know, like, how different you know, like if it if it's like from a, a physical like you know like a studio kind of thing, where is it compared to like Netflix? And like I know distribution and distribution is a lot different in that doorway, but just like how movies are created and and stuff like that from like if they are produced or created by um like a big big name studio or what we think of as a big name studio now to like what is um on you know like a streaming studio like i I would really like to like just this kind of like perks my interest of like kind of like really seeing like how the difference of like how a movie is made in between the two different kind of like studios you know well it's uh, there's kind of like two ways just to touch on a little bit there's it's kind of like some i believe i might be wrong but i believe power the dog was a netflix production like they actually made Mm -hmm. it um, whereas Coda was an independently made film that the rights got bought by Apple Plus. And so it can yeah. be kind of either of those ways where it's like a lot of Netflix stuff is done like in-house. Like there was a lot – like Netflix will just kind of grab a lot of stuff, but like um, Squid Game, for no, example, it's not yeah. a movie, but still, Squid Game was made by Netflix. Um, yeah. And they yeah. are getting a lot more international, whereas mm-hmm. like you have something even like after Yang, um, which is just out of Sundance this year, um, just got snatched up by Showtime. Um, so it's really the you, you know a lot of these streamers are kind of like nabbing a lot of these independent movies that would normally get you know snatched by like Searchlight or even like Warner Brothers or something. 
Um, and so it's kind of really changing, you know, there are these two different paths, but there are, it is really changing the way that movies are done. Mm-hmm. What were yeah. the, uh, what were the straight to, or sorry, the video on demand or streaming Oscar nominees that you made up? It was Coda and, or you brought Coda up and Power of the Dog. One of them is, is I'd say it's like a 99% chance that one of those two is going to win. It's, it's very close race between, between them. Um, obviously this is kind of a moot point cause in, by the time this airs, we will know which one won, but it will be one of those two. Um, otherwise I'm going to sound like an idiot, but it's definitely going to be one of them. I was the the I, I guess the whole discussion, the reason why I brought this up is because Mercenary walked, so Coda and Power of the Dog can <laughs> run. Well, you know, like you said, this there was a character in this that wasn't able to verbally communicate. You know, so that that make that's Coda right there. You know, there you go. <laughs> it all ties back together. April <laughs> Fools, you had you got to listen to a great discussion. Yeah, Sorry, well, fans. this became a uh-huh, serious episode all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the whole like I, it just got me thinking when I was watching the movie. I just I, I know it was supposed to be for laughs, but I was just like got me all thinking about the past and getting all nostalgic and shit. And I was like, I remember this stuff and da, 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 and all these memories came back. So there you go. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll, I'll take us home then off of this one. Um, uh, yeah. So this has been another episode of Underrated. Um, if you guys liked it, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, we've got some really cool guests coming up. We're gonna, in the next, next episode, uh, we've got an episode with Mikey Newman from Filmjoy that you guys should listen to. Um, we're gonna be then doing, uh, a mini-series in May, uh, about video games across all of our podcasts, including, um, this, we also got Ariel's podcast, You've Never Seen, um, where she introduces us or we introduce her to a movie that she should have seen by this point or we should have seen by this point. That's a kind of touchstone of pop culture. And then I'm going to be bringing back uh, season two of my podcast, uh, Gateway Episodes. We're also going to be doing a bonus episode for some video games for that. And then uh, we're going to be doing an episode with Phil Iscove of Podcasts Like It's 1999, uh, showrunner of um, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, We've got an episode coming up. We're going to be recording with him. So definitely, you know, re- subscribe to hear all those. We're also going to be doing a video game episode for our Patreon. So go ahead and if you, you know, can throw in a dollar a month to our Patreon, you get access to that episode. Um, before that, though, we've also, by the time this comes out, we're going to be doing our Oscar recap. So what we kind of touched on tonight, we'll be going more in depth into that. So just check us out. It's Undercast Company or Patreon.com slash Undercast Company. Check us out on all the socials at Undercast Company. Um, yeah, anything else, guys, before before we end here? All good. No. All right. And one more question I have for you guys, and this is a very telling question about your personality. What movie do you know Tim Curry from? Like, what's your Tim Curry movie? Um, I have a prediction for each of you guys. I'm I, curious if it's well, right. Well, like... The one that just comes first to mind, but is not the same one that I watched the first time seeing him in. That what's what's your Tim Curry of... movie? Like what? Like you think of Tim Curry? Clue. What movie do you think of? Okay. Clue. Alan. Uh, guess which one is? It's it's it. it? Nope, yeah. that's a miniseries. Oh, that is a oh, miniseries. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I'm I'm pushing Legend. the agenda. Uh, it's Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, pushing, Rocky I'm pushing okay. the agenda because I'm tired of people calling uh, the Tim Curry It movies because I'm like, they're mm. not movies. It's a miniseries. Mm. 
So, yes. Yeah, yeah. Rocket what do you guys think mine is? Um, Red Alert 3. Ooh, close. Nice. Muppet Treasure Island. It's Muppet, Muppet Treasure Island for me. Like, like, Muppet and I think Treasure that. Was, no. That's a thing you can know. tell a lot about a person by what their Tim Curry movie is. So I just wanted to ask you guys. Because I'm trying to think. I don't know if the first time I ever saw Tim Curry was Muppet Treasure Island or um, Home Alone 2. Awesome. Oh yeah. I was gonna say for me, know. the first time I saw him was Home Alone 2, and like I he just so. gave me the creeps. Yeah, but that's, uh, no. that's, you can tell a lot about a person by, say, Tim Curry, what do you think of? And they tell you. You can tell a lot about a person's person uh, person's personality, and I think that, really, we, we hit on it here. Like, that describes all of us to a T. No, but, I, I, like, love him in Clue. He's fucking great in Clue. He's goddamn amazing in Clue. <laughs> I was um, his butler, and my wife, <laughs> she had friends who were socialists. <gasps> oh my gosh. No. <laughs> I love it. Upstage, boys, this is my only number. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Tim Curry rant over. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Take it easy, everybody. Bye. Thanks for being amazing. Happy April Fools. Happy April Fools!